0: You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, broadcast live to air on Edge Radio 99.3 FM and proudly sponsored by LFG Australia.
1: Dice Dice show, I am host, Mulberry, Good stuff. You are with the Dice Men Cometh on episode 293 on the 23rd of the 1st, 2020. Proudly brought to you by our good friends at lfg-oz.com.au. Go there and buy all the board games which we're about to talk about. And Mark, that was the late, great Monty Python man himself. Terry
0: Jones there. Unfortunately, we got the news that he did uh, pass away overnight. I didn't realise... Of course, I knew all about Monty Python. I didn't realise he actually directed Life
1: of Brian. Yeah, a lot of them, well, they all had their hands and all that sorts of stuff. And the thing was with Monty Python is that the amount they have influenced over the years is, put it this way, whether you know it or not, they have made you laugh a thousand times whether you not realised it because the people they've inspired to do certain things is immense.
0: Well, you know that every time I do an impression of a woman, (laughs) that sounds just like Life of Brian, that's all I can do. Oh, is that right? Okay, yes, that's who that's that was. Exactly, that's oh, right. Okay, so he's got that to uh, to answer for someday. But um, yes. oh, yeah, he'll be he'll be sadly missed. Or as uh, I think it was,
1: John Cleese said today, two down, four to go." Yes. <laughs> Which is pretty impressive considering the last one was what over twenty odd years ago. So that's they've, right. They've had a fair crack, those boys. And look, while we're here, I'll
0: also give a shout out to anyone who's dealing with fires at the moment. There was mm. there's a new fire in Canberra which closed the airport for a while. I heard it has uh, just reopened recently. Uh, of course, I'm keeping my eye on that because I am due to head off tomorrow Yes. to fly into Canberra for CanCon for the weekend.
1: Yes, no, we have dozens and dozens of friends there and hundreds of listeners as well. So, you know, the best of luck to all of you over mm. the weekend. I, I'm wishing you all the best. So, Marky Boy, on tonight's show about yes. board games, card games, tabletop games and all that accoutrement, what are we talking about? Well, firstly...
0: Yeah. You might notice, Leon. Eh? I have. Eh? That seat's empty. Garth's still on holidays. Who? Yeah, Oh, exactly. there used
1: to be a third one of us, didn't yeah, there? Yeah, oh, I right. oh, don't that, know yeah, what he nice. ever
0: did, because we haven't noticed he's gone. No, not at all. Um, but you and I are here, and yes, tonight mm-hmm. you're going to tell us about a little uh, hotness game that we played just before Christmas, and it did feature in a couple of, uh, as in your list and Garth's list, I believe, for uh, top ten games last year, and that is Rez Arcana. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, and then I'm going to give an update on Kickstarter because there's a couple of big things happening there. Mm-hmm. I've even got a little bit of news and then I'm even going to just talk about a couple of the games that I'm very excited to play at CanCon because I'm assuming that I'm going to get there sometime over the weekend.
1: I would assume so too. I am very, very envious, but I wish you all the games in the world. So we will kick to a song and then we'll be back with Rez Arcana. You're with the Diceman on Edge Radio at 99.3 FM.
0: Hi, I'm Merrin and I like beating the Dicemen at games. Well, there you have it. That was Bjork with the Anchor song, especially for Terry Jones, because that's as, about as wacky as some of the things he did. You're listening to The Dicemen Cometh here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with Mark and Leon, and proudly sponsored by lfg-oz.com.au. That's Oz. They will have a presence at CanCon this week, I'm pretty sure. Obviously, they've got their online retail store. They've been having events in their store over the Christmas and holiday period. So there's lots of interactions you can have with them, Leon.
1: Certainly is. Now, Leon. Yes,
0: sir. This game that we were playing just, was it, after Christmas, before New Year's? It was around there somewhere. At that time? Yeah. Tom Lehman, I think. A little designer called Tom Lehman, who, of
1: course, is famous for, among other things, Race for the Galaxy. Yes, Race for the Galaxy and Roll for the Galaxy. Both games in the top 100 BGG of all time. Now, I must make a bit of a confession, which is going to severely hurt my credibility Uh here, in that I have never played Race for the Galaxy. What? Yes. Yes. Don't ask me why. It just hasn't, for some reason, come about. I think the main reason being is that... You guys have it. I think Trent at least has it. Yeah, but I have the thing it. is... I think all three of us have it, actually. But the thing is, you guys have all played it several, several times. So I, I think the, one, the once or twice I've had the chance to play it, I didn't feel that I wanted to be that guy with, yeah, like, yeah. they've played it a dozen times and I've never played it. That's kind of like, mm, I'd rather put my spot to somebody that's played it a dozen times himself. You'll probably have more fun. I mean, I could have jumped in, of course. Yes. You're all relatively friendly blokes. But, yes, <laughs> just haven't got around to it. But you can't take away from the fact that it has influenced many, many games since then. Of course, and if people think,
0: Reza yeah. I've heard of that. I'm sure the Dicemen have talked about that. I think we talked about it very briefly. Yes. When there was that bit of a... Furor yes. between Tom Lehman yes. and Rado. Yes. About Rado's Review. Review of Res Arcana. And that Tom Lehman didn't agree with him about a certain part
1: of it. No, but what we've been told Mr. Lehman doesn't agree with a lot of things from Civilized people, And let's just keep it at that, because we've never met the man personally, so I want to slag off somebody that we don't know, but seems to be we probably could if we wanted to. But we're not going to. We're going to talk about this game and probably going to talk about it positively, because it was, I think, it was like my 10 or 9 game of last year. So, burying the lead, as I tend to in these reviews that I do, uh, I, I enjoy it. So anyway, Reza Arcana, it comes from Sandcastle Games. Now, mm. Sandcastle Games are famous for uh, Rez Arcana. And the expansion to Res Arcana, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's all they've done so far. I was going to say, I I hadn't even heard of it. And did you know... Yeah. I'm
0: just going to take the opportunity. Why not? Today, it was just announced that Asmodee mm. acquired Repost Productions. Really? Who, of course, are famous for Seven Wonders, mm. for Just One, oh. uh, a Belgian studio. Right. That takes to the number of 14. Wow. The studios that Asmodee now
1: own. Wow, it's almost like they're going for some sort of Monopoly. But but we won't talk about that because I talked about that on a radio show the other day about how much I I despise that word and the thing around that word. But anyway, so yes, as you said, it is designed by uh, Mr. Thomas Lehman uh, of Race and Roll for the Galaxy fame. Uh, Another reason I don't think I've got to to play those games is because I'm a big fan of expansions in games which people would know of. I've been told that the expansions for them aren't the best from what I've been told. I think the First one yep. definitely was for the original Race for the Galaxy. Well, hopefully if he follows the rules of Leon's perfect expansions <laughs> is that it was just more, I'm hoping. Uh, but the ones, a fifth player. But the ones after that, yeah, it's normally they add another player and more. The, the extra players here nor there, but just adding them all. But then after that they changed stuff that drastically changed the game, which people just kind of went, no, we like the game as it is. Thank you very much. I uh, sort of filled it out a bit more, but, yeah, they went a little bit a bit,
0: bit silly maybe.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but more importantly as well, the art is from Julian Duvall, who is a name that isn't as well known these days as he was, say, ten years ago. This man has got dozens of games on every board gamer's shelf Ooh. because he is a man who has had his hands in the art whether it be the lead artist or just associate yep. of games this is just the four or five I've got here but if you go to his BGG page oh my god Ticket to Ride yep. nearly every version of it wow. Shadows over Camelot oh wow, Citadels yeah, Memoir 44 yep. they're the ones I've written down I think Castle of Burgundy is another one of his oh. as well so like I said we're talking 10 years ago he would have put Mr Ian O'Toole hello, Ian, to absolute shame yep. in that everyone would have gone oh okay nearly every game is got this guys and if yeah, you look okay. at that cover to ticket to ride and then you look at say Rez arcana yes. and a lot of them and you go ah i can see this guy's got his fingerprints on it which is a fine thing because he's good at his job
0: well i do have a lot of those early days of wonder games and yes. you're right i can see that art
1: style now well they are half responsible for the reason why game production is so good these mm-hmm. days you can thank someone like a, a cool mini or not for bringing big mini games i think at, at a relatively reasonable price kind of popular as that to the masses, but from a production standpoint, Days of Wonder have made our hobby a great, great place, regardless of whether you've played their games or liked them at all. Until they were acquired by Asmodee. Until they were acquired by Asmodee, so, yes, so Asmodee and Asmodee and Asmodee have done a very good job. So, Rezarkana, in a high tower, an alchemist prepares potions using vials filled with otherworldly fluids. Are you finished with those potions yet? Yes, possibly. In a sacred grove, a druid grinds herbs for mystical rituals. Nope, no old lady. No crazy witch.
0: I've got some herbs for you. I'll bring them up shortly.
1: And this one should be interesting. And in the catacombs, a necromancer summons evil skeletons and bone dragons. I'm not dead yet. (laughs) I'm just a very naughty necromancer, as they all tend to be. I'm a very naughty dragon. Why do necromancers tend to look more dead than the people they're raising? That's an interesting point I've always wanted. Actually, I saw a joke online today. He said, ''I'm going to get revenge for my dead brother!'' And then the elf goes,
0: ''You've got my bow!'' And the dwarf goes, you got my axe! And then the necromancer goes, and you've got your brother!
1: (laughs) That is good stuff. So welcome to the world of Rez Arcana. So it is a two-to-four player game where you play as alchemical mages vying for control of ancient monuments and places of power. You control one of these mages and use your magical essence and items to build artefacts and activate their powers and command dragons and various other beasties. The mage, with the most points at the end of the game, which is a very quick one... Mm -hmm. Now, it's between 50 to 60 minutes. I would say the first time we played this, which was me and my wife Sarah, who had played it before, we played it with you and Garth, half an hour or something. It may have been because of the strategy you and Garth (laughs) employed, which utterly wiped the floor of us, which we were definitely going to get to. But, yeah, it's a very quick game. It doesn't muck about, and it's easy to teach. I haven't played it, what, in three, four weeks now? I could teach this at the drop of a hat right now. Well, much like race for the galaxy you can just bang out game
0: after game after game after game it's it's huge variety yes I'd say, unlike
1: Race for the Galaxy, it's really easy to teach. Ah, well, that's maybe another reason I haven't got my hands on that one. So, uh, the way that a game is going to work is that the first thing you're going to do um, when the game starts is you're going to be picking one of the eight magical items that are in the middle of the table. Now, these come from things like giving yourself uh, resources at the start of your turn. They could be play an extra card. They could be, you know, maybe take a card back or activate a card twice or protection from other people for this turn. It is a ability that you'll take from the middle of the table and nobody else will be able to do that ability this turn. Also, you can do it for free as well. So it's one extra thing that you can do on your turn, which is very nice. And the way that that's also represented when you're playing through the game is that when your turn's over, you will put one of those artifacts back that you will take the first player marker, which is also worth one victory point, and you only need to get 10 to win Mm. this game, and then you will take a different artifact so you can't take the same one twice but again it represents the way that you can put in and again it's something very simple but i like that mechanic
0: yeah it was really cool and it gives you a way in such a short game often you're like i've got all these resources i'm just short on this one Mm -hmm. and of course there'll usually be an artifact that gives you that one or gives you a way to get that one differently and of course the person who goes before you we'll take that artifact and you'll curse their name
1: and try to think of another way you can get it. Yes. So this game is all about your card management, but it is also, most importantly, it is an engine builder and a kind of card combo game. That's what you're trying to get. Once you get your engine and your card combo going, Mm. you're off to the races. And you can get that combo going very, very early on because your deck will only consist of eight cards. That's all that you have when they are put out at the start of the game. The way that it works is that they recommend when you first start playing that each of the eight Druids, I believe, are in the game. They have... There's four of them that have, I think, four cards they recommend t- to give to each of those four Druids, and then you randomly give them four other ones, and then that's it. You've got a Druid that starts off on the field in front of you, and yep. they're just like a card you can use like anything else, and eight cards in your deck, you'll draw three of them, and that's your lot. So you don't have to worry too much about the hundreds of cards that are coming out. You've just got to worry about your eight for this game, and the next game, they're going to be completely different.
0: Yeah, and again... It's not something where, oh, there are thousands of cards and there's all these different combinations
1: and you never know what you're going to get and it's really random. No, I'm pretty sure that's there is only like 40-odd cards. Yeah. So between four players of the deck, I think you do have every card out there.
0: Okay, and clearly, as you already mentioned, mm. if they were to make an expansion, well then the, you know that's one area, of course, they can expand. Well, they have made an
1: expansion mark, ah, which I have already bought, because that is what I do. Oh, so sorry. I will mention that in a moment. And what you're trying to do, like I said, is you're trying to be the first one to ten victory points, and the best way to do that is there are monument cards. There are five big monuments out in the middle of the board, and these are the ones that are the most difficult to get. You need the most resources to get. And then there's also... Uh, Sorry, that's the Places of Power. There's Mm -hmm. five of them. And then there's the Monument Cards, which there are two of them out there. They're kind of similar to the Places of Power that you can take them and they will give you abilities. They're a little bit easier to get. There's two of them out there, but as soon as you take one, another one will get replenished. And there's a little deck of them as well. So you're trying to build up your engine as best as you can, taking all these different resources to try and get your hands on these because that's where you're going to get your victory points from. Which is, as I said, only 10, so it don't take you very long. No, not at all. Yeah, so with the, the majors you start off with, there's eight majors in the start starting uh, set of the game and the 40-odd cards, you're going to get those handed out to you and then you're going to be away to the races. So on your turn, what you're going to be doing is playing uh, one of the artefacts, one of the ones you took from the middle. You can be claiming a monument or a place of power you could discard one of your cards to get any of the two essences. There's four different essences in the game, which they have things like this. I think it's like fire, water, and then there's two others. I can't remember. We just call them green and black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah,
0: that's right. I just remember them
1: by the colour. Yeah, but the thing and is... gold. But the gold. Th- and gold is a very important one because gold is the rarest one to get. But these pieces, they come in this little container, this tray which sits in the middle of the table, and it's really, really nice components. Like, this is a game where... You probably couldn't do a deluxe version of it straight away right now because the components are nice enough as they are, which is cool. So like I said, you could trade in, discard a card to get one gold or any of the two essences. uh, You can use a power card from your hand or one of the ones in front of you, or you can pass, in which case you put one of your artifacts back and grab another one for the next round, and that's it. You're away and away. Keep on going around until somebody gets 10 victory points and You're done. It is so simple, yet, uh, as we said, it plays so
0: quickly. Mm
1: -hmm. But it does have that
0: depth of where you're trying to get that engine going. You're trying to work out what artifact do I need next turn. Yep. Um... Or how can I? What artifact does my opponent need so I can take it away from him? You're eyeing off those places of power. You know, do I save up all my resources Mm -hmm. to get one of those because they're really great? They've got ongoing effects and victory points. Yep. And then the other cards, the monuments, monuments, Mm -hmm. where they're they the ones that cost you three or four gold?
1: Yeah, so a bit of gold which you can spend most resources to kind of turn into gold based off some of the cards that you have. Again, a little engine building type of thing. Yeah,
0: and then they're giving you victory points, but then they're also giving you abilities, so it's that. It's really dynamic engine building.
1: Yeah, very similar, I think, actually to the game um, Gizmos, which we played about a year or two ago, and that has a cool little ball mechanic where you get lots of different resources and stuff. It's very similar to that, which is not a bad thing, because that game is awesome.
0: Yeah, now we talked we we teased yeah. the game that we played. Yes. We played two in a row, didn't we? I think so, yes. Um, the first game where Garth looked like he was running away with it because he yes. has a card that said for every blue
1: resource that yeah. someone else has got, you yeah. get a black resource or something. Yeah, which to this point I hadn't seen them in the game. So maybe there is more than 40 cards now I think about it because yeah. I had played this with other friends. And that card is humongous. And you had a very similar card. Yeah, and I had another similar card which basically let me take black and turn it into red or something. Yeah, so the two cards you guys had played off your strategies as well as what me and my wife Sarah were doing. So you two were just playing a game of your own and me and Sarah were just kind of plodding along behind you. So that's when it comes to the most interesting conversation when it comes to this game and that is the the balance of it all and the card combination because... The thing is, you get like I said, you get those eight cards at the start of it, and then that's your lot. So if you get a really bad combination, you might be fighting uphill. I'm guessing they would have played tested this game through the roof. Well, you'd hope so before it came out. And there's actually a variant in the rule book, and again, it isn't an official rule, so we didn't haven't tried it yet. But it is a variant, but it may become the way that nearly everyone plays. It's where you do a draft oh, for yes. those cards. Yeah which, again, makes perfect sense. You'll get two majors to pick from. You'll pick the one that you want to go with, and then from there, I think as you get four cards, you keep one, pass it around. Once that's all done, you get another four cards and do the same thing. That's probably the way to go. Yeah, I think so, because, as you said, once
0: you've played it a bit and you've got a good understanding of the cards, mm. you know, oh, Leon's got that card. Yeah. There's no way I can let him have this one as well because that's going to give him a mega combo yep. You know,
1: right from turn one, so I'll draft that one. Yeah, yeah. So I think that has been a few people have had an issue with this game, as in they've played it and gone the mechanics are solid, but I'm just not sure about the balance of it all. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see a few more plays of it and to go from there because, as I said, I've got the, an expansion for this, and this expansion is Leon approved because guess what it is? <laughs> it's just more, in it? More <laughs> it's, it's two two new mages. I think it's two new places of power, four or five new monuments, some more cards that you can add into your deck. Uh, in the first version, you've got dragons, they're the most powerful cards, You can have out, but they cost quite a bit of essences to get out. Mm. Now there's demons as well, which are very kind of similar. and They have places of power that can help them. So, again, just adds more variety to the game, which is what you want for your first expansion. Yeah, and look, (laughs) I mean, I I potentially wasn't as enthusiastic as as you
0: or as Garth. I can't remember if Garth had it in his top ten. I want to say honourable mention, mention, yeah. Look, I liked it, Mm. and of course I... Won the first game I ever played massively, yeah. which just had me have concerns about about the balance. And as you yeah. said, certainly drafting would help with that. Mm. But I'd certainly I'd I'd like to play it again. Uh, I think an expansion would be great. I mean, just like Race of the Galaxy. You could have a number of expansions for this game.
1: Yeah, if sure. they can happily do those expansions that just add more, they can put some other ones that maybe change the way this game plays. I wouldn't be averse to at least having a look at that, but for this point in time, because this game is so simple, yeah. I would rather not muddy those waters and just give me give me more expansions that have more and mm-hmm. give me more reason to get this back to the table and to see how I go.
0: Now, I have to admit, though, what I was looking for and what I didn't see mm-hmm. was... The thing that Rado didn't like about the game, which was... Yep. He was saying it's very attacky, you know, particularly because he's playing two-player. Yes. You can really screw over your opponent... Yes. Viciously. Yep. And I... I didn't see that in either of the well, games we play.
1: again, mostly that comes down to the dragons, which are harder cards to get out. Okay. They cost more. So I think in our games we were more putting them up for essence or gold, those cards, to try and get other things. But there certainly can be because okay. the ability to protect yourself is not on heaps of different mm-hmm. cards. So, And also, once you have those dragons out in front of you every turn, I don't believe they cost anything. If they do cost anything, it's very little to activate them Every turn. So if you've got to the point where... And again, it could come down to the the card uh, management and the way that the draft has happened at the start of the game. If you've got no cards to protect you and someone's got one or two of those dragons out, I could see that, especially in a two-player game. You could kind of go, like, should I just forfeit right now? Because every turn your two dragons are smashing me and taking away, like, two or three essence that I'm going to need to get anything. This is going to take us an hour if you just keep doing this and slowly building up yourself. So it absolutely could be a thing, and I hope we haven't scared many people off with our talk of how unbalanced this may or may not be, but most other places have had relatively positive reviews for this. It's just a matter of, I think, playing it a bit more and getting it out there, but for the actual mechanics of the game and the way this game works, I think it's a winner. And I imagine... um because I don't know, it wouldn't be too expensive, would it, because no, the base game,
0: there's not a lot
1: to it? No, I want to say, in Australian dollars, probably, it was under 50, okay. I believe 40 to 50, but the, like, there's not heaps of cards in it, but the components, as you saw, which is yeah. just the small little essences and stuff, and the places of power, which are slightly bigger cardboard cards, they're all really nice. Yeah, And I wouldn't need to upgrade them at any point, so they will do me for for quite a long time.
0: Okay, well there you go, that was Rez Arcana,
1: mm-hmm. sort of like
0: One and a half thumbs up from you
1: and maybe, like, one thumb from me or something like that, if we did thumbs. We'll see how we go down the track. It's a game that could positively grow to be much, much bigger in the hobby, but we'll see how she goes. This is a a slow burn, this one, I reckon. Yeah, well, look, we'll take
0: a quick break and we'll come back and talk about a whole bunch more. Mm -hmm. You're on Edge Radio 99.3 FM, proudly sponsored by LFG Australia, and we'll be back shortly. Hi, this is Shim from Garful Games, and you are listening to The Dice Men Cometh, a podcast about all things board game related. Brought to you by a pack of Australians, which, as we all know, aren't very good at sports, but are great at going on and on and on and
1: on and on about anything that doesn't really matter, which is perfect for podcasts. Righty go, that was London Grammar with Wasting My Young Years, something I definitely did, uh, on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with The Dice Men Cometh proudly. But Leon? You- yes. Leon? Yes. Proudly brought to you by lfg-noise.com.au. I was getting there, yeah. (laughs) Playing
0: playing games is definitely not wasting your young years. No, it is
1: certainly not. And that's what you're going to be doing once you hopefully land in hopefully safe Canberra tomorrow and then you're going to be doing over the next few days at CanCon. Absolutely. And look, I had a little bit of an opportunity to think about some of the games that I'm looking forward
0: to. Mm -hmm. Um, Firstly, I went back to my list from LFGS and Unplugged to see what ones there I hadn't got to the table. And there were, were a couple Yep. The first one being It's a Wonderful World, mm-hmm. which is a drafting game. and has that sort of Seven Wonders drafting mechanic. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard a real lot about it, but some relatively positive reviews. It's apparently not like Seven Wonders at all, so, and it does look really great, so I do want to try that one. Yep, yep, yep. I think the one other one that was left over from... LGS and Unplugged as well was Ecos First Continent. Okay. By AEG and John D. Clare, the guy who did the Mystic Veil cards. Now, yep. in that, you are gods mm-hmm. building the, uh, the continent of Africa, I believe, right from the start. And so you build the land, mm-hmm. and then you build the water, and then you build some plants and mountains, and then you build some animals, and then those animals interact. Yeah. Something like that. Lovely. You're building like a card tableau. Uh, I just heard Shut Up and Sit Down talk about it, and they said quite good things about it, so I'm looking forward to that one. Lovely. Now, I've also got our good friend Tina. Mm -hmm. I think the name of her organisation is Glompbot Games. She does sell some games and things, but she also is one of the organisers the major
1: organiser of the board game Cruise. Yeah, along with some random travel agent. that
0: I've heard of him, but I've I've never seen him personally. Yeah, he's not very reliable, I've heard, for for turning up to things. No. Um, Anyway, Tina has offered to teach Garth and I Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Now, I know that's not a new game, but it is one of those games that I know. Ella, from Ella Loves Board Games, talks about all the time. Tina has mentioned it's her favourite game. It's one of those, I think, those medium-weight Euro games, you know, two-ish hours... Yep. ...that we never find time to for because we're looking for a shorter game or a really long game.
1: I want to say I recently watched the Dice Tower just recently redid their um their top 100 games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, The guys on their edge did their individuals as well as the community one. And I want to say at some point they did mention Lorenzo and they specifically they brought it into the same category because they were talking about Orla- uh, Orleans, very similar. Yes. They said the cover of the game, I think Lorenzo's the one I'm thinking of, yes. co- is so bland, yes. so boring, looks so... Who's going to look at that and go, yeah. that's no good
0: whatsoever? It's another one of those, you know, yeah. middle-aged white man from yeah. the Middle Ages staring yeah. into the distance. Yeah, with some random squiggles around him. But mm-hmm. apparently the game is the boss. It's just a matter of getting past that box. Yeah, yeah. And then um, also by apparently by the same designers, a brand new game, ah. which I had heard nothing about until I saw a bit of chatter on the Facebooks. Mm-hmm. It's called Barrage, Uh or Barrage. Barrage. Um, And when I heard this theme, Leon, I knew that every Tasmanian must play this game. Uh It's about managing hydropower. Oh, right. So building dams, damming rivers, generating power, screwing over the other players who are also trying to generate power. Yes, it's the thing we've heard many, many talks about here in Little Old Tasmania. That's right, and um, Tom Vassell actually commented on it that it said it reminds him of a quicker playing version of brass. Oh, not a bad which thing is at a, all. Uh, a very high recommendation, and I believe Tina might be teaching us that one as well.
1: Beautiful. I love it when you get a few games in a row and you don't have to get up every. <laughs> you've got the three. <laughs> you found that group of three or four, and you've gone. I'd like to play. X, Y, and Z, and they all go, I'd like to play X, Y, and Z as well. And you go, right, we're not going anywhere. Get, uh, get now, the beers in.
0: <laughs> uh, one that I missed out on at PAX last year was actually a prototype, although I must admit, when I looked at it, I didn't realise it was a prototype because mm-hmm. it looks like a finished game pretty much. And I have to admit, I don't know who the designer is. Okay. But uh, Good Games Publishing and Kim Brayback, good friend yes. of the show. Hello, Kim. Um, was managing this one, I believe. So it's called The Doom of Swellsville, and it talks about cultists taking over 1950 small-town America. That sounds great. And it's got the art. You can absolutely imagine what the art should look like. Uh That's what it looks like. Sweet. Um, So I do want to give that one a try, and we've booked that one in there. Cool. Look, while I'm there... I might as well try the new Azul Summer Pavilion.
1: I mean, if not, I've got it. <laughs> oh, have you? I certainly
0: have. I've oh, got I all didn't... three of them sitting pride and place on one of my shelves. I didn't realise. And then, hopefully, a new friend I made at LFGS and Unplugged was a young man from Canberra called Shingo.
1: Hang on, you know another young man? I am scarred and appalled, Mark. He seemed young. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in, in right in contrast compared
0: to me, yeah. So he was the young gentleman, right? somewhat young, Uh who introduced us to QE, or Uh, quantitative easing. I bet that's going to be played non-stop at CanCon, now that the word's got out about that. Well, I'm hoping, I did hear that he has been away travelling. I'm hoping maybe he might be back and he might have it, or if he doesn't, someone else might, because I really want to have a crack at that one again.
1: Yes, always a good thing to play a game a second time that you've had your teeth into once. Now,
0: Leon... Mm -hmm. Are there any games that you
1: wish oh, you were going to be playing at CanCon? Yes, I've got a little list here that I've... Um, when I watched through the, um, the the Dice Towers Top 100s, I made some... As I was flicking through it, I thought, I've got to remember to make some notes of games that have been out for a while, or even newer ones that I do want to get my hands mm-hmm. on. And, and you got some spare dollars lying around, obviously. I wouldn't say that. I've, <laughs> I think I've, my spare dollar years are of. They're not drying up. They're definitely still going, but I think I'm going to put a little bit of a break on them for the moment. Okay. However, uh, one that I know that Garth will be chomping at the bit to get his hands on, uh, Empires of the North. Oh yes, which is by in the same world of Imperial Settlers, even though it is not like that really at all. Yeah, uh, it's not one of those things where you go, well, this in places. This replaces Imperial Settlers. It's just set... You know, the similar art style and similar world. And that looks really cool. And it's a game that came in, I think, in October in the States, which means it's only just hit the shores of Australia. It already has two expansions. Yeah. Which is... That's why I kind of want to play it myself, because, as I said, I like a game that's replayability and expansion-wise. And this game is probably going to have... By this time next year, we'll probably have another three or four expansions. And look,
0: Ignaza Trezicek yeah. and Portal Games, yes. they can do no wrong.
1: No, no, no. certainly cannot. Uh, another one which... Uh, shut up and sit down... Just did a review of today, a game I had not heard of in the slightest, Ooh. but now to be fair, I reckon I will throw a few of my dollars at this <laughs> cheeky one, uh, which is War of Whispers, which I was Ooh. telling you about, Mark, just before the show started, yeah. which is, they pitched it, and it's on their video description as Game of Thrones, a whole series of that within an hour, where you're not playing as warring factions, you're playing as the kind of spies. Oh, Varus, the Lord of Whispers? Yes, you're playing as spies from various different places, and you have... You basically pick what dogs in the fight that you want to get behind mm. and you try and manipulate the five different uh, warring armies around you. But it plays, it only takes like four rounds and you're just trying to do your best, but other people could be doing something that's very similar to what you're doing. So maybe you might want to be kind of helping them out, but then they might have something slightly ajar to what you're doing and it's going to be different. Will you stop that? Yes, always fighting those dogs. Uh, what else have I got on my little list here? Awkward guests, which we played at, at uh, Pax, Pax this yes. year. I'd love to have another crack at that. Mm-hmm. The art, the art is lovely. The colour palette is the worst colour palette in board game history. Beige on beige because it's beige on beige mm-hmm. with nice art, and the game itself is. A Cluedo replacer, which other games have, you know, there are other games in a kind of similar style. Yep. But this game is absolutely a replacer for a game that's been around for 50 years. Yes. But again, it is not really in the mass market yet. Only Kickstarter backers have got their hands on it yet. But I would like to play and it again. And
0: massive replayability because yeah. you've got all those different combos that you can of, of guests and things that you can set up at the start.
1: Yeah. Uh, another one which has gone, a lot of people have in bringing up the last couple of months is Vindication. Oh yes, which is a game that has got a hell of a lot of buzz, even though mm. it kind of came out to nothing once people played it and went, "This is really, really good." So for the last six months, that's been growing and growing. So I'll hopefully, uh, there's probably some copies there. Maybe you will play it, Mark. If okay. not, I'll probably have to bite the bullet and buy it myself. <laughs> and the final couple here, I've got a list of twenty odd here that I won't mention all of them. Yeah, uh, but the final two here, again, that Dice Tower Top One Hundred. They. Two of these games, which are nearly brand new games, were very, very high up on a few people's lists. One of them, I think, was like number three or four of all time on one list, and the other one of Z Garcia's, who has a very similar taste to me, his number two of all time is a game that's a re-inflammation of an older game, and that's called Atlantis Rising, and there's a new version of that. It is kind of pegged as it's a cooperative game, which is not a bad thing at all. It's pegged as even harder than Ghost Stories, Ooh, which is not a bad thing, yeah. but it's not complicated and it doesn't feel cheap. Okay. So it is very challenging but very good. And the one that the other guy had very high on his list was a game called Smartphone, which, um, oh, yes. again, uh, from Ella Loves Board Games. She is a big fan of this as well. I think she... Brought yep. this to board economy. The last year, even the year before, she had a copy of this. Yeah, it's been hard to get hold of. But yeah. I must admit, I was really intrigued by it. And it's a game that just looks—it's apparently very mathy. Your actual player boards has nothing but mathematics on it. Mm-hmm. So for people that don't know their times tables very well, which of <laughs> course, let's not muck around. Even I'm—I'm I'm decent at math. Everyone has that six times seven kind of—you know eight times seven kind of blank spot in their mind, don't they? 50. So your eyes have just rolled in the back of your head as I said that. We all know it's in the 50s <laughs> and 60s-ish. But, yeah, smartphone looks pretty cool. So I hopefully you guys will get your hands on some of them and then maybe you'll like them so much you buy them so I can get my hands on them too. Well, there you go. That's
0: Now, that's just a short list oh, yes. of some of the games that I want to play and some of the games, Leon... You would play if you were going to Cancun.
1: Yeah, so, every, next so everyone that's listening, please play them for me. And then uh, once you're done with them, just send them my way. If you want postage to the Tasmania, is not uh, insanely expensive at all. There you go. We'll take another quick break and we'll be back just to talk about Kickstarter. You're with the Dice
0: Cometh on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Hello, everyone. It's Mark here, the elder statesman of the Dice Cometh, just wanting to take a quick opportunity to say thanks Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everyone that has been supporting us on Patreon recently. We've had a little bit of a jump in supporters, and we appreciate it so much. Every cent that you give us goes into getting us to board game conventions. Things like BorderCon, PAX, Essen Unplugged, and even, hopefully early next year, CanCon where we can report back to you on what's happening. We'll have interviews with designers and artists and publishers and gamers as well, and you'll know what you're missing out on. We appreciate your support so much. Look, if you've been on the fence thinking about whether or not to support us, I say just jump in for as little as a dollar a month. You won't even notice it, but we certainly do, because unfortunately airfares out of this little island where we live are pretty expensive. But hey, enough of me. Let's get back to the action. Thank you again. Talk to you soon.
1: That was Kate Nash with You Are So Far Away. A lovely song there on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. You are with the Dice Men Cometh Proudly, brought to you by our good friends at LFG. Check them out. They are one of Australia's bestest. Now, Marky Boy, Kickstarter, something you are a big fan of, has been an absolute wasteland over the last two months, but, oh, my God, has it come roaring back with a vengeance. It sure has, Leon.
0: <clears throat> Hang on.
1: Kickstarts again. Yes, Yes, mother. No worries. It is very much kickstarted again to take all of my money, as it tends to every few months. So, Mark, what have we got? Well, Leon,
0: we have a few things, except. Uh There's no Australian Kickstarters to speak
1: of. Uh, I think we're rather busy at the moment. We've got other priorities we, to we deal do with. We still have, for the rest of the world, you know, th- there are still bushfires. Yes, there. There's half our country is on fire. There are plenty of charities you can give to, as the Dice Men have been as well. So get on that. I think sp- there was one wrapping up, but by the time this episode goes live, it will have finished, so okay. that's why I decided not to mention yep, it. Yep, that is fine. But
0: I will mention a little game that we talked about last week, in fact, H.H. Mm-hmm. Holmes Murder Castle from Blueprint Gaming Concepts in Chicago, Illinois, Yes, it's funded now, yeah. over 120%, it's still got 20 days to go, and now of course they're unlocking stretch goals. Hang on, Mark,
1: it wasn't funded before we did our show, and then our show's gone out, and now it's funded. Fancy that. It's amazing, it's almost like that's happened every time someone's <laughs> been on our show, but yes, no, no, it's, it's very good to see that. Sadly, um, the, the guys picked not the best time to come out on Kickstarter, because that's We just said you went from having absolutely nothing to having a bomb explode on Kickstarter and 50-odd new games get put on there. But I'm very glad they didn't get lost uh, in the ether and managed to kick their way through.
0: Yeah, now, uh, I think I worked out it's about $110 including shipping. That does include an expansion. Yep. Uh, A little bit pricey, but I think... We're just getting killed on the exchange rate at the uh, moment? It's just
1: the exchange rate and the shipping. Any, or any of our international friends listening, you'll probably be able to get this at uh, at a very reasonable price, and it's worth a look.
0: Yeah, I think it was only... Fifty nine US yeah. for the for the base game or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, for people
1: that have proper money, not yeah. our plastic play money that we have down here. That is that is completely reasonable. Anyway,
0: now Leon, I do know you've been spending some of your cold hard cash. I have backed some things for the first time in a because while because I did get that. I do get those little messages saying, Leon, back this, and you backed yeah. a thing called the Tome of Beasts Two, yes, for fifth edition by Kobold Press in Seattle, Washington. Now I know. Mm-hmm. They've done quite a lot of uh, role playing books including of course yep Homer Beasts 1. Which I have. There you go. Um, Now it's still, it's only just launched. It still has 29 days to go, but it's gone gangbusters. It's well and truly funded. I know they've got lots of options for hardcover, PDF, pawns, as
1: as in, you know, like standees
0: for monsters and stuff like that.
1: Yes, I think there's even a leatherback edition you can get of this version if you wanted to. Okay, so I don't think I'll be propping up for because I just want the content as it is. I was Um, gonna say it's just more monsters, is it? It is essentially just more monsters. Now, I'm a big fan of D&D. Have I ever mentioned it? I don't think I've mentioned it this week, uh, no. but I tend to no, mention yeah. it every yep, bloody week. I, I do apologise, people. But the thing is, um, these guys, so Cobalt Press, so I've got two of their big books, as you said, the first Tome of Beast, and another mm-hmm. one called Creature Codex. Oh. Now, other than the fact that it has got the name of a different company on the logo on the front of it, yep. these this is the company that makes books as good as the D&D Wizards of the Coast. Like, a lot of people will go on to, say, the DMs Guild and go, I don't want to get something off there because it might not be as balanced if it doesn't come officially from them. That's fair enough, even though the few books I've bought off there, some of them are absolutely pearls. But these guys, they do, and their books, they're like relatively the same price as a normal D&D book, yep. but you get like twice as many pages in it, ah, like or okay. 500 monsters in each yep. of those books. So you're not shy on creatures if you already have one of these, but if you're anything like me and you just can't help but get more and more and more. And they also have a uh, a stretch goal, I think, for uh, taking applications for designs from people that... Design back. your own monster? Yes, yeah. design your own monsters. So possibly some sort of three-headed voice projecting big <laughs> beastie type thing. <laughs> Might be in the cards.
0: It's a Mr. Death. She's come about the reaping. Yes,
1: something to that effect. And I will be asking for many a shrubbery. I'm sorry, Terry. Yeah. Um, now, Leon. Uh-huh.
0: Tell me as well about uh, what is this Adventurer's Tarot from
1: Weird Works in LA? Well, I'm a big fan of Dungeons & Dragons, Mark. <laughs> have, I, have I ever mentioned it? <laughs> and yeah, it is a deck of tarot cards, but it's specifically to do with uh, Dungeons & Dragons. So this whole deck of tarot cards has famous monsters from Dungeons & Dragons uh, as well as famous settings, but it also has all the different races and classes and stuff like that. So if you ever get to the point where in your game, you, it's quite often that you'll get to, say, a new city and there'll be, like, a fortune teller or something like that. There might be a way to make an interesting story progression that they go to a fortune teller to find out what their path is. Mm. And you can use an actual deck of these cards that have things like, oh, there's a paladin card that's come out and you've got a paladin Mm. in your group or the thief has come out, but none of you are a thief. But then it has like treasure after it. Maybe you'll be hunting one. Maybe you need to pick one up for your party. Just a fun bit of something that you can pick up and it was reasonably priced and good art. So I'm a sucker for it, I'm afraid. Fair enough. Now, um... You mentioned there's a few big uh, big
0: games on Kickstarter. Oh, this is definitely yeah. one of them. Oath yes. Chronicles of Empire and Axel by a little. Uh Group called Leader Games and designer Cole Whirler, and art by Carl Ferrin. Now that team, of course, yes, brought us Root. Yes, brought us the two versions we have now: of
1: Vast, mm-hmm. the Mysterious Manor, and the Crystal Caverns. I would like to play the Manor one. I haven't played it, and also here's my new race for the Galaxy. I've not played Root yet. <sighs> you guys have played it like six or seven yeah. times, and again, I just haven't had a chance. Yeah, yeah, Trent, bad, bad timing. Well, maybe you can pick up this one because mm. it's
0: still got twelve days to go. They've raised over one point one million. Um, now it has a real twist. This game because let me let me tell you a little bit about it. Okie doke. The core rules are very simple. Okay. Players will spend their turns adventuring within the Chancellor's realm and the lands that surround it. They will gather support, recruit warbands, and discover dark and dangerous secrets. Over the course of the game, players will collectively populate the world with a cast of strange and wonderful characters and institutions. And they're all illustrated by Kyle Ferran and the little cutesy characters. Uh, This world is essentially a shared tableau where every player can interact with and seek to control. Now, most players begin as Exiles, powerful figures living on the edge of polite society, much like us. Yeah. An Exile wins the game by directly challenging the Chancellor's power or by attempting to fulfil a new vision. Now, the Chancellor wins the game by maintaining their grip on the Empire, but it's not like a one versus many. You just choose which side you're sort of working with. And the Chancellor can actually make offers of citizenship to the exiles to bring them over to his side. They then help the Chancellor maintain control. But wait, did I tell you that though players need to work together, only one player wins. Mm. And it's not a legacy game, Leon. Wow. But But. it has a persistent world in that when you pack the game away, Uh you do so in a way that when you start the next game, the setup is influenced by what happened in the last game.
1: Uh, These boys do like their innovation over at that studio, don't
0: they? Yeah, so it's not, as I said, it's not legacy because you don't tear up bits or open boxes or put stickers on or anything like that. But it's just the fact that the previous game affects how the next one plays and so on and so forth. It allows the player... The players to create a narrative, but the rules don't get in the way of that storytelling. And I'll tell you, um, if you want to know more, mm-hmm. our good friend Ella from Ella Loves Board Games, yes, she's indeed. done a great little video on this one for a more in-depth look. Yes, um, this is definitely going to he- be heading to be a fan favourite, just like their other games, I think. Yeah. Now it is pricey, around about a hundred and thirty Australian plus shipping. Mm. But it does have some quite deluxe components.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of game in there. Well, yeah, I think
0: it's got massive replayability. So that's Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile. And then the Behemoth. Yeah. That is Return to Dark Tower. A game older than I am. There you go. Now, originally the Dark Tower game was from the 80s. Yes. In the days when games weren't that great, but you could have awesome big plastic electronic bits just as a gimmick. Mm. So what better game to to bring back now? This is by Restoration Games, the company run and owned by Rob Daviau. Yep. And the main designers of this game are Rob Daviau and a little guy called... Isaac Childress, who you may know from Gloomhaven. Yeah. Um, This is the same group that brought uh, Fireball Island out, and as I said, they specialise in reinventing, re-implementing these classic games. It's just about to hit... In we'll practice, probably more the
1: hit now. Yep. Uh, Four million Australian. Yeah. Now, can people start bringing Fireball Island to conventions, please? Because we haven't got a copy amongst our friend group down here. And I thought, oh, we'll get it at some convention, but I've yet to see it. Maybe, Maybe. it'll be at Cancun. I know it is rather large, and let's face it, the theme Fireball Island is a bit not really what Australians want to be thinking about at the mm-hmm. moment, but I would like to see it played. But, uh, yeah, no, this does look really cool. I'm umming and ahring myself. I've got it on the old watch list. Okay. It's, it ain't cheap, but then again, that's never stopped me before. Now, you've got this massive tower in the middle of the, middle of the table. It must be, yeah.
0: what, a foot and a half? Yeah. It's or not, so
1: high? She ain't small. With
0: flashing lights. It's got little doors that open up. They spit out. Skulls, which are these corruption tokens. It's got an app to drive it. Now, I did watch a bit of the Dice Tower doing a Mm playthrough with uh, Rob Daviau. Yep. And at first glance, it's like, you know what? There's a big lump of plastic in the table and it's a gimmick. Yeah. Because it didn't do much. No. But every time it did something, they were cackling and laughing and screaming. So clearly it adds a lot of table presence Um, and of course it changes up the game. So I don't know, but clearly a lot of people are excited about this
1: one. It's definitely uh, interesting, which is our word, but uh, I, um, I'm i looking forward to seeing how it works out.
0: Yeah, and so, th- look, that, that's a couple of the really big ones. A couple more quick ones. Star Realms, the Nova collection by White Wizard Games, just basically putting all the Star Realms stuff into a premium collector's box with foil cards. You've got enough cards to play up to six players with a board, with score dials. Um, it's a Kickstarter exclusive, so you won't be able to get it afterwards. Again, it's 145 Australian but you know look if you're a little bit into Star Realms and you want to go bigger this is the way to do it if you've already got all the Star Realms stuff you probably don't want
1: this did this not start off as a two player game in like a $15 box yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. a tiny box now it's quite literally 10 times the price and much bigger no more power to
0: them I do have that tiny box um uh, as I said, it, it's Kickstarter exclusive, so you won't be able to get it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, they've raised over six hundred and fifty thousand, and it's still got seven days to go. So, if you're going to get on that one, you need to be quick. Um, another new one by Emmitson Matsuki, ah. who, of course, did the uh, Century yep. uh, the trilogy. Trilogy. Um, this one has art by Stephen Gibson, who, again, I I wasn't the name didn't come to mind, but Burger Up. Good critters. Yeah. Folklore, the affliction. This is Foundations of Rome, published by Arcane Wonders, and this is one of the Dice Tower Essentials. Yep. So that means it's probably pretty good. It's got heaps of sculpted buildings. You take them from your pool and you put them onto a main board. To me, when I looked at this game and watched how it played, this is seems like the game that Tapestry looks like it should be. Okay. With all those buildings where you're taking a building and you buildings and you're building a massive city
1: yeah.
0: of buildings. And there are all sorts of little combos. If you place this building next to another building or depending on what buildings surround it, that gives you victory points. Um, again, I will say that Ella did a great video on this and so did Stella from Meeple University. Um, they've raised over 600000 still got 14 days to go. Again, it's about $145. So the standard Australian price as we've
1: discovered. <laughs> Which I guess, so-
0: you know... That price point is is around about the hundred US or ninety five or something like that US.
1: Yeah. This one has
0: heaps of these little sculpted plastic buildings, so I guess you get that.
1: Yep. All right. Have you got
0: one more for us, Mark? Okay. One more. Um, Grey Fox Games. Ah, uh, yes. We're big fans of them. Deception, Weesh. Murder in Hong Kong. Yeah. Champions of Midgard. Um. Now this game is by a couple of Russian designers who so I don't think have done much before, but if Grey Fox are looking after it, it must be okay. It's called Tortuga. 2199 because Leon
1: Pirates in the future.
0: It's Space Pirates.
1: Yeah, that's what I said, just words around the other way. So you've got got deck building, (laughs) you've got
0: ship minis. Again, it's about $120, including shipping this time, which is actually one of the more reasonable price games that I've mentioned. Um, It does include a fifth player expansion. It's got some really nice... But Leon, Mm -hmm. did I mention Space Pirates? You did mention Space Pirates. Um, It looks really neat, in fact. It's got 21 days to go. Again, it's funded. They're unlocking stretch goals. It's definitely worth a look. And finally, because I've got one minute left, A little card game called Here to Slay Ah, by the team behind Unstable Unicorns. Super cute looking, gorgeous, cute little critter art. Got a little bit of an RPG feel, but in a very quick-playing card game, it's raised over $400,000, which is not bad for a little card game, and $50 including shipping if you don't have the 100 plus to spend. Mm. Um, look, if you like these games with the cutesy animals, it looks like it's got a bit more depth to it than a lot of those games.
1: Those guys have slowly, every game they've brought out, put either more effort into it. Whether yeah. they've got better is a different story, but they're putting more effort into their games as opposed to just having the cool art to it. So so more power to them, looking forward to so it. So there
0: you go. That was the Love Kickstarter. It all over again, Leon. Yep. And now yeah. it's time for us to say goodbye. It is indeed, because you
1: are off to CanCon and I am off to go home and not do much. That's right, and the airport's <laughs> open again, so I think I'm going to get there. Yes. Hope to see
0: some of you, of course... I will have already seen you by the time you're listening to this. Yes, I hope we had a good
1: time. Yes, It was lovely to meet you all. Indeed you do. And feel free to check us out on all the social medias if you don't already. You know where we all are. We're on the Twitters, we're on the Facebook, we're on the Instagram. Please feel free to message us about anything and everything we will reply in an instant. If we can be bothered, that's a lie. Of course we can be bothered when we see it. So uh, hopefully I'll be hearing from you guys soon to keep me occupied over the weekend while you're off playing all the games. And thank you so much to lfg-oz.com.au,
0: our wonderful sponsors. We'll see you soon.
1: Bye. See you, mates. You've been listening
0: to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their flagship events LFG Sydney, and LFG Essen Unplugged, as well as their online and physical retail store. You can find us at DiceBenCometh.com, or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.